Gridiron Grinder, Hut Hut Hike. All right, we're recording Friday night, Gridiron Grinder time. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is my buddy James. Just a couple dudes hanging out, talking about what's going on in the NFL each week. Uh, tonight, episode 52. We made it a full year. Congratulations. You know, pat ourselves on the back. It was fun. Uh, and so, you know, for tonight, we're going to follow our typical agenda. We're going to start with Name That Stadium. Then we're going to hit the news from around the league. And after that, uh, for tonight, we are going to do sort of a first-year recap, just looking back at how the experience was for us, what we've liked about it, what we've not liked about it, you know, what are some things that maybe we'll talk about changing for the future, some kind of fun stuff like that. It's not going to be too specific about what's going on in the NFL, but we're going to be talking about football, so it'll be fun. Uh, and then lastly, we'll close it off with question of the week. And so with all that being said, how's it going tonight, James? It's going good. How's it going with you? It's going good, man. It's going good. We made it a year. I know I've been talking about it for a few weeks now, but I'm still just, uh, I'm pretty impressed, man. We hit it every week for a full year. And, you know, some of the days changed. We couldn't always get it on Friday nights, but, you know, we had some pretty darn good perseverance and powered through. So I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, it's amazing. It's been a, a year. Yeah. Yeah, this is like one of the few positives to come out of covid in my opinion you know yeah. us, us getting this thing going it's been a good way to stay connected and just kind of pass the time and have something to think about and look forward to every week it's been nice That's all right nice. so let's uh let's kick it over to name that stadium so for anybody who's watching uh this is the part of the show where as you can see james is out there traveling the country uh every week he's got a new stadium in his background and basically, we're just asking, if you think you know what stadium that is, hit us up in our comments section on YouTube. Let us know your thoughts. Or you could do it on Facebook, too. That's fine. And if you're the first person to get the answer right, uh, we're going to give you a special shout-out in next week's show. Uh, and so, James, why don't you tell us where you were at last week, man? Last week, I was at, what's it, Levi Stadium in San Francisco? Okay. Yeah, yeah. the, the, the new, you know, because the candlestick uh, is all done now. Yeah. Santa Clara. Not okay. Clara, but. Yeah, but home of the 49ers. And so what yeah, was your exactly. inspiration for that? Uh, basically, of my dark horse teams last week, the most likely one I saw was San Francisco based on what they did two two years ago and then with the injuries coming in the season. So I just – and I figured, hey, I haven't been there in a while, so I'll just go, go with that one. Nice. Good logical connection. I think that's uh, that's pretty cool. And yeah, I mean, their roster is stacked, man. You know, like if they didn't have the injury bug hit them like over and over in every possible way last year, I don't know, man. I think they would have made the playoffs. And so, uh, you know, let's see if they can keep the guys a little bit healthier this year and make that run. Uh, and for tonight, you know, pretty obvious to me. I know where you're at. Uh, you know, let's see if Let's see if some other people hit us up and let us know the same. Uh, I would hope at least a few of our buddies would recognize that stadium, but we'll see. Uh, okay, so kicking it over to the recap of the past week. Uh, so, James, you know, I've seen a few things coming out of New England. Uh, you know, Stefan Gilmore, 
He's wanting to restructure his deal, which we've known about for a little while. Uh, you know, he's not happy. He feels like he should be getting more money. And this is one of those tough kind of deals because it's, you know, a player signing, you know, to what to the outside world looks like a very healthy contract, very, you know, strong contract. But every year people get paid more and more and more and more. And so all it takes is a couple of years and then you feel like your deal, which might have been great at the time, is now all of a sudden falling down the pecking order when you compare yourself to your peers. And, you know, I know he's a big part of that defense and there's a lot for New England to be excited about with the offseason that they've had, um, you know, and this is tough because he's, you know, like I said, he's a huge piece of that defense. So, you know, what are you hearing on this, if anything? You know, I didn't hear much. It was like, you know, he just wants to be paid what he's worth. And, and like, there's no real rumblings about trade, which I think going into last year or coming out of last year, there were some rumblings about, oh, oh will the Patriots trade him and this and that. And, but it's just, he basically, he wants his, what he feels he's worth. Okay. Whatever that means. Yeah, and I'd like to I'd like to dig into it at some point and see, you know, where is he at now in terms of, you know, his like average annual pay versus the other top cornerbacks out there because I'm sure he's still somewhere in that top five to ten range easily. And it just makes me wonder, you know, like how close dollar wise is is that compared to what the top guy is now? You know, did somebody just get so much freaking money that he's just like, forget that I need to be there? Or is it, um, you know, or is it is it close? And it's kind of like he's just really nitpicking that, you know, anytime somebody gets a new deal, he needs to get a new deal because he just thinks he's the best of, of the bunch, you know? Well, according to the article I read, um, he, he's like, and I just just re-skimmed it to get the numbers. This year, he's slated to make seven point nine million. Oh, that and seems it, low. Credit, it's on uh, CBS Sports. Basically, um, I, I, this can't be can't be right. But Tre'Davious White and Marlon Humphrey are slated to make more than more than eighteen million this year. Yeah, if that's the case, he's way out of line. And I'm wondering if it's maybe he had some big money up front or something and it got late later on or, you know, that's where it always helps to kind of look at the, like the annual, like average value, you know, because sometimes the way the teams can manipulate these things, it makes it hard to kind of get it to apples to apples. But, you know, if it was just purely looking at that on face value, uh, well then, yeah, I could see why he's pitching a fit. He should be way higher than that. You know, if those guys are that high. Yeah, and CBS was saying, like, the CBS article was saying that he was, um, like, his slated worth or whatever, his calculated value uh, was 28 and a half over two years or about 14, a little bit, little bit less than 14 and a half okay. per year. And then let me look up his uh Yeah, his con- was. I- I was just going to say, I just saw the contract five years, 65 million. And so, I mean, that's tough. That's like 13 million a year. And, mm-hmm. you know, he signed it in 2017, you know, when he signed that, 
he was probably one of the top guys. And so he's just not wanting to live it out now because other people, you know, leapfrogged over him. And, you know, I can, I can respect that to a certain degree, but it, it's tough. It's like that challenge of, Hey man, you signed a monster contract in 17, you know, you got to live, live up to it now. And, uh, but at the same time, he's like, yeah, but everybody else is going up. I need to go up too. And so it's kind of like, okay, I get it. Maybe next time around, don't sign a five-year deal because, you know, the team I'm sure felt very comfortable about that five-year deal. And you were just not, you know, and, and I'm sure for him, it probably felt good at the time. And now he's like, nope, it needs to be more, but yeah, it's like, okay, maybe do like a two or three-year deal next time around, you know? Yeah. Well, he's all, it's also the final year, so of his of his of that deal and i just looked up uh tredavious white's contract and he his average um value is uh, 17 and a quarter a year okay yeah yeah i mean it's it's significantly more yeah you know but it's tough you sign a deal five years ago four or five years ago whatever it is you know it's it's outdated now so and i think that's the challenge because a team wants to get a guy and lock him in and hope that he basically outperforms that. And the player wants to get paid more every time he feels like he's doing better or that the pool, like the water level is rising. And, you know, it's, um, but at the same time, they don't necessarily want to do that two year deal or that three year deal, because maybe if they aren't doing as good, you know, they don't have that security of, well, I got a lot of guaranteed money and it's a longer term deal and I just got to bounce back next year. And, and, you know, then the team's left holding the bag. And so it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a tricky situation, man. It's tricky. Yeah, it's, it's tricky. I mean, just, it's his final year. I think it's more of a negotiations to go for going into next year type of okay. thing, posturing to go into the off season and say, uh, you know, give me my money. I got you. I got you. Um, all right. So the other thing I saw out of New England is, um, you know, former, I believe, first round wide receiver uh, and Keel Harry. If I got it right, he's requesting a trade or the team has granted him permission to seek a trade. And, you know, that was the guy I was thinking of last week when you were talking about the Patriots wide receivers. And for whatever reason, DK Metcalf came to the top of my head and I was like, no, he's on Seattle. Uh, no, and Keel Harry, he uh, was, you know, at some point supposed to step up and be, you know, what they were hoping was a playmaker for that offense. And it just hasn't really come together. I think he's had a couple splash plays, but nowhere near the kind of consistency or steady improvement for a higher draft pick like he was. Uh, and it's tough. You know, wide receivers, I think even today where you have – quarterbacks hitting the ground running, obviously running backs hitting the ground running, like they literally hit the ground running. Uh, but wide receivers always seem to have uh, a little bit of a learning curve and tight ends as well. Uh, you know, the Justin Jeffersons of the world or the Odell Beckhams of the world are like truly rare breeds where a lot of times wide receivers, it's a two, three year process before they finally live up to expectations. And, um, and it, it just looks like it's not happening for him in New England. And so, you know, I think he's going to be hard-pressed to find uh, a good trade partner. 
but it's, you know, it's a Belichick thing. He might pawn him off for a sixth, seventh round pick or whatever, just to get him out of there. Because if he's not going to use him, then, you know, he doesn't really need to get a whole lot in return. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I think the biggest thing with Harry, like he's upset because they're not really using him and they haven't really been using him. Okay. Yeah. But I think they haven't been using him for a reason. You know, he just isn't making the grade, but maybe he'll prove everybody wrong and go somewhere else and be like, I was freaking great this whole time. And they just didn't figure it out. You know, I, it just seems like that's unlikely, but you never know. Yeah. Um, okay. So one of the next things that I was reading about was a, uh, a Larry Fitzgerald article I saw on NFL.com. And to be honest, he had fallen out of my mind. Uh, quite a bit here. Uh, and, you know, I guess I was assuming that he, he was retiring uh, and he was just kind of taking his sweet time doing it, but that it was just kind of like a foregone conclusion. You know, the team brought in AJ green uh, you know, they still have uh, Christian Kirk uh, you know, it's kind of like, where does he fit in if, if he wants to come back or does he even get a chance to come back? Cause I don't think he's under contract. And so, uh, you know, would he really go play somewhere else for his 18th season? Or would he say, I'm a Cardinal for life and I'm going to shut it down? Uh, and so I don't know. I mean, you know, have you heard anything about this situation? I haven't heard much about it recently. Like, it was it was before the draft. Whoever the, the Cardinals GM was on one of the sports talk radio shows I listened to, and he's, he, they were talking about Fitzgerald, and it was more or less like, you know, we'll welcome him back if he wants to be back, but it has to also work type of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But then it's just been dead silent about it. So I, or then I'd seen when I was skimming the news that like he says he hasn't decided, and I was like, I was like, oh, like you, I completely forgot about him. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. You know, what do you do? Bring him back at like the veteran minimum and just say, okay, we're going to plug you in on some third downs here and there because we know that you're still clutch with your hands. And, you know, but I I just, I don't know. I I don't see him. It's just so tough, man. It's so tough, especially now with the guys ahead of him on that roster. He'd be their number four guy at best. And, you know, at at some point in time, you know, you you start losing a step and it just, I don't know. It just seems like the team sees it and they're kind of like just retire and he's kind of not wanting to do it. And, you know, it's, it's sort of like a, like a, you know, a standoff, man. It's like, he's kind of saying, I'm waiting for them to tell me to bring me back and they're not wanting to do it, but I'm not saying I'm done yet. So I don't know. It's like he wants to be wanted, but the team's kind of like not wanting him anymore. Mm -hmm. but hey 17 years if he made it back for an 18th that'd be pretty wild man I mean that's uh that's some rare longevity you know even wide receivers they they typically make it longer than most uh but that's still super freaking long man Mm -hmm. all right uh moving on moving on moving on um, so I did see, this is like one of these little puff pieces that we get this time of year about Kenyon Drake, uh, and his role in the Raiders offense. 
and you know he's making comments that he might have a big role and you and I were kind of scratching our heads when they brought him in because you know obviously they got Josh Jacobs and he's their workhorse running back and he's done well in that role and I think this year we're going to see really how good is he because the offensive line probably not going to be as good as they were last year but you know where does Kenyon Drake fit in the mix more of uh, a receiving back third down back you know are they going to try and split these guys somewhat evenly or like something closer like a 60 40 I'm just not sure how Kenyon Drake could have a big role with Josh Jacobs there unless he's just in like Gruden's doghouse somehow which would blow my mind because he's been very good in his first two seasons in the NFL yeah I I don't know what Drake was smoking before he he gave the interview saying he expects a big role, but um, the only way I I see him really having much of a role is if uh, Jacobs gets hurt. Like I mean, that, and that's probably why they brought him in because Jacobs does have a history of missing time for injury. Yeah, and that's, that's true. That's going to be his only role. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about that, but that's right. He has been banged up. Um, yeah, and, and they like running the ball. So, uh, yeah, hey, maybe he's just a, an expensive insurance policy. And, you know, that's uh, that's their prerogative. Yeah. Um, all right, so what else have you been hearing, man? Uh, you know, or, well, I mean, there's the Saquon Barkley stuff, which is also kind of, like, ambiguous. It's like he's, you know, coming back but doesn't know when and – you know, will he be ready for week one? It's like, I think I keep hearing every week something about him now, and it's the same kind of vague reports. And so it's just like, you know, I think you take that and you say he's not going to be ready for week one or don't count on it, especially in fantasy yeah. football. You know, don't don't be counting on him being your guy week one if you're hearing this stuff, because it's right around the corner at this point. Yeah, I I don't know about Saquon. Like, I, I thought it was a horrible pick when they made it. And it's if he comes back, great. But it's not going to really do much for the team. Yeah, I think he has massive amounts of potential. Uh, but I, I remember going back when they, when they drafted him. I mean, so freaking high. So freaking high. And my whole thing was build your offensive line first you know, and then get your running back, you know, mm -hmm. and, and especially now with how many good running backs people find in the third round or whatever the draft. And it's like, it's almost like if you're building a team, that's like one of your later kind of luxury picks when you fill in so many more of these spots. But I mean, I guess if you've got that old school, uh, like, workhorse running back mentality we're going to give this guy the ball 30 times a game or something well then maybe you roll the dice but i mean we've seen it with saquon if he doesn't have a lane it just ain't happening and you know i know that that's been something that's frustrated the coaches because he has a lot of these runs not to like compare him to barry sanders but you'll you'll know what i mean where you know barry would have these runs where he'd like lose two yards lose three yards and then he'd pop one off for 40 yards you know Saquon has some of that going on where he likes to kick it outside all the time and then it never goes anywhere. And the coaches are like, dude, 
you know, sometimes you just got to lower the shoulder and get your two, three yards, you know, stop dancing around. But, you know, he's dancing around because there's nothing there. And so it's, um, yeah, it's not a great spot for him to be in. And, you know, the team just, they, they in my opinion, they got the sequence wrong. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's the same thing with the Steelers this year. They drafted a running back, but the running back can't block for himself. Yeah. And so, I mean, I guess let's talk about that for a second, because uh, I did see on, uh, man, I don't know if it was Yahoo or NFL.com. I was looking at some of the, the fantasy rankings and they had uh, Najee Harris ranked really high, which I mean, I expected that he'll get heavy volume just because he, he should be the clear running back one on that team. Uh, but with that shaky offensive line and them having the propensity to pass all the freaking time with Roethlisberger, uh, I, you know, I just don't see him being that high. And it was, it was, dude, it was like top 10 for sure. And I thought, whoa, I don't know, that's. I could see it happening. I just don't think that that's the most likely probability. But I, I will say this, you know, isn't he a little bit bigger of a back? He, he is, but still, like, I mean, if you have have no offensive line block forward, like, he may be bigger, but he's still going to be hitting the backfield, like, almost every time. Yeah, and I guess I'm looking at that. All right, so he's 6'2", 230. That's a good, that's a solid size for a running back, man. And um, yeah, I was just looking at Derrick Henry. He's bigger, obviously. He's 6'3", 247. But 230 is a solid size for a running back. I mean, if they just use him as like a fucking sledgehammer, I can see him being productive. But, you know, that's going to burn him out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'd love, I'd love to see that Smash Mouse football. Uh, but yeah, you know, they don't, they, they got offensive line issues. So he's, he's going to have a challenge this year. That's my opinion as well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right. So what else are you hearing about, man? So there's just, apparently there's another podcast out there. It's like with Peter Schrager and uh, Sean McVay called flying coach, where they basically bring in NFL coaches and have conversations with them. Okay. And uh, there's two two little nuggets from this because this the most recent one had uh, Kyle Shanahan on it, and there, actually there's three nuggets from it. The first one was that that apparently Shanahan almost skipped the interview or almost canceled the interview with the 49ers. Whoa! Did he like, have another team like going after him or what? No, it was it was he wasn't sure if. Like, he didn't want to, like, he wants to be a head coach and stay a head coach. He wanted to be a head coach and stay a head coach. And he wasn't sure if the 49ers were the right spot for him. Okay. I mean, I do remember when he went in there, that team was a train wreck. Yeah. And, and him and John Lynch, man, they freaking turned it around fast. I mean, they made a lot of moves. I, I was blown away by how quick they got that team back on track, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And which, I mean, that that's crazy that like to think if he would have skipped it, what would have happened with that team? Like, yeah, I mean, crash and burn. I mean, it was in yeah, trouble. 
because apparently apparently they're the other people they were looking at at the time was Josh McDaniels, oh. Tom Cable, oh. An- Anthony Lynn. Yeah, I like Anthony Lynn, but all right. I like yep. Anthony Lynn, but but I mean he's he's not a head coach. He's a he's a coordinator. Yeah, for now. Doug Marone. Yeah, I mean I kind of like Doug Marone too, but he's not meant to be a head coach either. Yeah. And and Vance Joseph. Okay. Yeah, they would have been in trouble. And I mean, and listen, here's the thing. Okay, I think Shanahan is a a great coach. Uh, I think he's got like the right brain for, you know, figuring out how to make an offense good no matter what he's got to work with. Um, And he knows a lot about the full game in the defense. And that's why he excels on offense, because he understands how the defenses do things, too. Uh, But I think the thing that's like really to me, because I had I had that expectation that Shanahan would be a good head coach one day. Yeah. I think the thing that's more surprising to me is how great John Lynch has been as a GM for mm-hmm. having very little experience uh, working in in the the front office of a team like that, just coming in and being a GM right off the bat like that. He, you know, and and it's not to say he's been flawless because he's had some swings and misses, but everybody does. Uh, but no, man, I mean, he's made a lot of great roster moves and done a lot of smart things for that team. You know, now this big one, you know, the trade for getting Trey Lance, obviously that's going to be the one that he's going to live or die with because, you know, they gave up a shit ton of picks to make that move. Uh, but the roster mm-hmm. all around looks like that could just be the missing piece. And if that's the case, you know, fuck, he's just tearing it up, man. Yeah, exactly. But the other piece of it was apparently San Francisco was in heavy on the Safford trade. So I didn't know that. I I heard about the uh, Shanahan, like, I don't know, being upset when he found out about the Rams getting him. But I didn't know that that's because they were going after him, too. Yeah. So so apparently what how it went down, because apparently right before the trade was. Uh, was finalized McVeigh and Safford went out to dinner in Cabo okay and Shanahan happened to be on vacation in Cabo at the time oh and so he had he had talked to some people and he said and they said you know nothing's going to happen tonight it was like a sat that Saturday nothing's going to happen tonight you know just go on with your night and then like a, an hour or two later he gets a text message from a friend he's like if you want Stafford you got to get a hold of him now Oh, yeah. And so, so apparently he was, and and all during this, because I heard heard the, the quotes from the podcast. All during this, McVeigh is laughing because he knows he yeah, got him. Yeah, because he knows he got him. But yeah, so he thought he thought it was was he you know he went on with his night. He was out to dinner, just gonna go to bed, and he saw the te- text message, and he tried to get it, but just couldn't get a hold of him. And then the trade okay. was announced. And that's why he was upset about it. Because I they gotcha. were in on it big time and it's just they were they were told nothing was gonna happen and yeah. then everything happened. I gotcha. I gotcha. And you know, here's the thing, okay? I like Shanahan a lot, and you know that I've got mixed opinions on Stafford. I, I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. Maybe he would be with a guy like Shanahan. And maybe he will be with a guy like McVeigh because he's an offensive mastermind as well. 
but I don't know. Something something to me just seems like Shanahan could do better than Stafford. And mm-hmm. I don't know if Trey Lance is going to be that guy or not. We're going to find out. But um, I, it, it's tough, man. It's tough. I mean, I, I liked that year Matt Ryan had in Atlanta with Shanahan calling the shots as offensive coordinator. You know, I mean – and, and Matt Ryan's a totally different style quarterback than Stafford. You know, Stafford, I think a lot of people say, oh, he's got more arm talent, this, that. Matt Ryan, I think, has a better, uh, you know, better arc on the ball. Uh, you know, in my opinion, he seems a little bit more intelligent and savvy as a veteran. Stafford just fucking rockets the ball in all the time or he sidearms it. And it's like to me, it's like kind of like a one or two trick pony. Uh, but in the NFL, you got to be able to put some air under the ball. And until you figure out how to do that, you're never going to be as good as some of these other guys. So, yeah, and that's why that's why I thought and I was certain that uh, San Francisco was going to pick Mac Jones was because Mac Jones is mm-hmm. basically I, I've said it all along. Mac Jones plays the game like Matt Ryan. He's yeah. cerebral like Mac, like uh, Matt Ryan, and he would fit perfectly in that Shanahan offense. And, but I mean, but talking about the draft pick, apparently McVeigh and like half the league thought San Francisco traded up to to draft Kyle Pitts. You know, I did see that, and I thought when I when I saw that article, I thought you know it makes a lot of sense because you know I know they they got Debo Samuel and and then um, you know Brandon Ayuk, uh, but those guys they've been injured and they've not like truly shown the ability to be a number one and a number two wide receiver. And so I thought, man, could you imagine Kittle in pits? You know, like mm-hmm. you, you just, you could take your time all day waiting for your receivers to figure it out because, you know, you're like electric at the tight end spot at that point. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, Hey, it, it's all going to depend on what happens with Trey Lance, man. And we're not going to know that for a little while. Yeah. But, but that, and what, like, McVeigh was saying was it would if they would have drafted Kyle Pitts, it would have been like you know like was that mid 2010s when uh, New England had the two tight end sets and oh Hernandez like, and Gronk yeah yeah mid late 2010s and he and that's and McVeigh said that that's exactly what San Francisco would have had and they they could have would have probably lit it up with the two tight ends and like you said give the receivers time to develop. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I don't know. Maybe they'll still find a way to finagle a tight end from somewhere. Who knows, man? Uh, I do like that. I like yeah. I like the double tight end thing. And it's too bad what happened with Aaron Hernandez. We don't need to get into that. But, uh, you know, that combination with him and Gronk, it did look pretty special for a little while. And then, obviously, everything fell apart on the Hernandez side. But, um, you know, and Gronk is Gronk. He's He's a fucking badass no matter what. All right, yeah. man. What else you got? Anything? The last little one was CBS put out their their projected um, records and and ranked the head co- every head coach in the NFL, and it fucking pisses me off because they ranked Dan Campbell as thirty one. Okay. Just it uh, only ahead of David Culley with the uh, Texans. Yeah. And. They picked Detroit to have the second worst record in the league this year at four and thirteen. Okay. And the Texans were the worst at one and sixteen. 
which is like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I get it. You know, the, the lions, they're, they're in roster blow up mode, not even really rebuild mode. It's like, we're blowing it up and we're going to figure out where we're going from here. And I think for Dan Campbell, that means you got to show us that you can make something happen with a dog shit roster. And then if you can, we're going to get super crazy excited for you next year. But for this year, we got to see it before we can even believe it because it just has all the makings of being a disaster. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about Tyrod Taylor, uh, I don't know, like a week or so ago. And, um, you know, because, I mean, odds are, you know, well, not odds are. We'll, we'll find out what the odds are with, you know, Deshaun Watson and everything going on there. But, I, man, I liked Tyrod Taylor as a quarterback in the right place on the right team you know like if if he had a a, you know if it was a team looking for a game manager that has a strong defense and I mean like a team like Washington you know like I know they got Fitz Magic now I could have seen Tyrod Taylor having success in Washington you know like there's Mm -hmm. and, and it just seems like he's just never really getting that chance and then this past year obviously with the the punctured lung thing and then losing the job to Herbert you know, great for Herbert because, man, he was a, a you know, I mean, we knew he was going to get a, a shot to start at some point, but nobody realized he was a hidden gem right off the bat like that. Um, but it, it sucked for Tyrod Taylor because he finally got an opportunity and didn't really have a chance to to make it happen. And it was on a, a year where there was really no off season, And it just, I don't know, I just feel bad for the guy. Yeah. I, that's what it is. Like, I mean... He's never 100% really impressed me anyways. Like, he seems like, I mean, granted, the quarterbacks that manage the game sometimes win the Super Bowl, too. I mean, a la Trent Dilfer, Joe Flacco, just, I mean. Dude, fucking Peyton Manning in that last Super Bowl he won. That's just where I was going to go, was Peyton Manning. So, that, that last Super Bowl. So, it's, I mean. You just have to manage the game and not fuck it up, and you get on the right team, and you can win a lot of games. But he, he never, it never felt like he was ever in the right, right uh, situation. Exactly, and that's all I'm saying is that I, you know I don't think he is gonna like carry a team or light the world on fire. I just think he's good enough to start somewhere on the right team, and it just it, it's just not aligned for him, which I think is a bummer for him because. It's hard to find good quarterbacks, and I think he's got some – like I said, not like – I don't think he's got top 15 potential, but I think he has starter potential. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Enough of that. Uh, so was that it, or did you have anything else that caught your eye here? The last little thing, and it's it's developing still. It, it happened, like, within the last, say, hour, was uh, – I forget where it was, um, but Frank Clark was charged with felony gun possession. Oh, shit. And I, I don't remember where it was or anything. Like, I haven't haven't seen, like, I've seen just a very small article about it, and I haven't been able to find any really anything on it. But, so it's, 
his, facing three the, years in prison. Yeah. Exactly. And so, I mean, that's... Oh. Assault weapon. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, th- these headlines obviously are intended to, you know, shock factor, grab your attention. You know, whether or not any of this actually happens and he goes to prison is still, like, I'm sure way far away from you know, being determined, but that would be a huge blow for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, so apparently this year he's been, a, it was in Los Angeles. I, I, I came up with, finally found an actual real article on it. And so he's he's been arrested twice this year for firearm possession. Yeah. Once in March and once last month, or yeah, once in June. <laughs> Holy shit. He was arrested on June 20th for, sus- for suspicion of having a concealed firearm in the vehicle. Uh, he was pulled over by the police for normal infraction, and they noticed an Uzi in an open duffel bag. Oh, shit. An Uzi? Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, that's not a time, good thing. And, and that, that was that was June, and in March, he was with somebody else. And during another routine traffic stop, police saw two loaded firearms inside the vehicle. Just conceal them. Get your get your concealed weapon permit, and conceal them. But make sure you got legit weapons. You know. Yeah. <sighs> not good. Not good. Yeah, so I mean, it's obviously still developing because charges were. Uh, this article, uh, apparently, this article was posted two hours ago. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, still still developing. Definitely, I got you. Uh, okay. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up the news then, and let's kick it over to our recap of this past year in the Gridiron Grinder experience. And this is just sort of like a free flow talking about, you know, how we got started and, you know, how things kind of developed and all that kind of fun stuff. And, you know, um, you know, I thought I would just start just kind of with a little bit of the story of, you know, originally, uh, James, as I know you're aware, uh, Gridiron Grinder was a, a WordPress uh, blog that I had created a couple years ago. And the intention was that, I wanted to uh, every week write about the, you know, what's going on in the NFL because I just love the foot, you know, I love the NFL. I love watching football and thinking about it and stuff like that. I thought it'd be cool, you know, just kind of stimulating my mind, picking topics and writing about it every week. And then, you know, I, I sort of quickly realized that I'm way over critical about my writing. And so every article was taking so much freaking time that eventually I just stopped doing it because I just, uh, I was driving myself mad. And then, you know, last year, uh, it was even a, you know, a few months before we actually kicked this thing off, you and I were talking about it and I was just like, Hey man, you know, I've been looking at these YouTube things and, you know, maybe kind of doing this as like a video blog and, you know, it'd be good to, you know, us tag team. And then it's like every week we're kind of, picking topics and holding each other on a schedule and, 
you know, like, uh, you know, sort of like keeping each other rolling with it. And also, it's just a good reason for us to be hanging out every week with you living out in California and me still being here in Michigan. And, uh, you know, otherwise, we're not really going to get to see each other much. And so, you know, that was a, a bonus to it. But, um, you know, and then obviously you got on board with it and we kicked it off. And I remember uh, we we got the trial ecam for our recorder the first week. And if you go back and look at the video, it's still got like the... Uh, like their overlay on, on there that it's, you know, not the real thing because we were like, well, let's just try the trial version first and make sure it works and we like it. And then we'll go from there. And, uh, I, you know, we had a lot of fun. And so we kept it rolling and we bought the recorder and, uh, you know, that's the quick, you know, down and dirty story of how it all got kicked off, man. Yeah. Just during Euchre nights. For sure, man. For sure. Oh, yeah. Doing the trickster cards and stuff like that. Yeah, that was a whole whole different experience. Uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, looking back at the last year, it was um, I think like one of the biggest things to start was trying to figure out, uh, you know, we wanted to have the overlay with like the gridiron grinder logo and some of that stuff. And, you know, figuring out how to create that was a little bit of a hang up. But, you know, thank you, YouTube. There's like a million videos on how to do it. And I just had to find one. Uh, and so we got that figured out. And so it kind of gives us, you know, like a somewhat legit look here, even though we're just two dudes making all this happen. Uh, and then editing the video, that was like another challenge. It's like, once we figured out how to record it and do it, it was like, okay, then we were putting it into iMovie. And, you know, uh, you probably remember last year early on, we were trying to like put in images with like our top 10 list for players and things like that. And it was really cool. It was, you know, and, and I think it added an element to the show that was nice uh, because people could see the list instead of necessarily just listening to us, like fired off, but it made editing like so much more complicated that it would just, it, you know, we don't have time for it. You know, if we had like a little, you know, lackey or somebody like a, a free intern helping us out that, you know, we'd be golden, but you know, we're just not there yet. Uh, and so, uh, and then later on we, and this was actually even like way later on, it was uh, earlier this year, we figured out the Facebook thing. And so we got the Facebook page and started posting it onto Facebook. And that was kind of like our, our last sort of big step. Uh, and then after we got the Facebook thing going, we got the podcast thing going with Anchor, and now we're on, you know, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Apple Podcasts, you know, we're all over the place now, and it's, uh, and we still got the original WordPress site, and so we're just kind of like, we've got all these branches sort of spreading out, and, um, you know, I don't know, I think just in general, it's been kind of a fun learning experience, and, you know, we've come a long way in just a year. Uh, and then obviously last year, and this is, this is one of the things I'm most excited about with football coming back is I'm sure we're going to be doing another bet and mm -hmm. every week making our game picks, you know, and, and I think it was cool last year because I got the regular season, but then you just like totally pushed my shit in, in the playoffs. And so we each ended up getting one, which was pretty cool. And I don't know, you know, I, I, uh, I, I kind of would like this year, maybe, to talk a little bit more about fantasy football because we know we're going to be playing it. And so um, I was kind of thinking about it. Maybe I'll make more of like the question of the week 
something geared towards fantasy football. And that way we're still doing our game picks and everything like that, but we can have a little bit of, of fantasy in there every week just to kind of, you know, be enjoying that as part of it too. That works. That could so, work. So what do you got going on there, man? It looks like you, you were texting maybe a minute there and you got like the TV popping on you checking out some, some stuff real quick or. No, I was, I, I was trying to get my dinner delivered, but it's stupid, oh. <laughs> stupid fucking restaurant. And like, I had a message. We can't accept delivery orders at this time. I was like, what the motherfuckers? Oh, dang, man. Well, see, yeah, you know, hey, this is it. This is, this is gridiron grinder. This is the reality. We've got to multitask. People got to eat. The show must go on. And we're making it happen, man. Yeah, and I was, I was trying to look up. But I was going because I was trying to see if I could get the spreadsheet because I think I only got like one pick wrong in the playoffs. Oh, you, dude, you were all over it, man. I, I was way off in the playoffs. And yeah, I mean, it, um, yeah. And, and that, that opened my eyes a lot because, you know, all season long, I was doing the, the spreadsheet analysis where I had every player in a roster in a spreadsheet. And I would I would put them up against each team and say this roster looks stronger. And I had the coaches rated. I had like all of it kind of like worked out in a way that you know made sense to me. Uh, but it was like come playoff time, it was really tough. Like updating the rosters. And at that point, it was like I had I had manipulated the spreadsheet so many different ways that I was like I, maybe I'm making it overly complicated. And now it's working against me. Uh, or, you know, maybe I, I got to clean it up and like fix a couple pieces. And that's something, you know, at some point here, I'm going to have to dust that thing off and figure it out, man. Yeah. But for the regular season, I'm probably going to have to do something a little bit different than just instant feel looking at the game. You, you know, that... I will say this. I thought, I thought we were very complimentary to each other because I was giving a lot of the like the down and dirty stats and player ratings from certain sources and things like that, trying to quantify it. You always had the narrative in the whole qualifying aspect of it. And there are very different ways of looking at it that sometimes have a very different outcome, you know? And so like what yeah. might look one way on paper, the narrative could be like, Oh no, you got to think about this, this, and this. And it's like, I think pairing those two together by you taking the one side, me taking the other, uh, I think it gave the viewers, I would like to say, like a very well-rounded aspect. But yeah, how are you? How are you thinking about tweaking it this year? Have you thought about it? That I don't know. I last couple months, I've just been like, you know, I did a lot of my thinking and a lot of my my shit shit while I was working. I've just been slammed at work, so it's okay. like I haven't haven't even been able to sit down and think about what I, what I foresee possibly doing on it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, so let me ask you this. Uh, we were talking about pro football focus the other day. Uh, do you have, uh, one of the subscriptions or the memberships or whatever to PFF? Not, not yet. I've, I've kicked that around and I've kicked it on, uh, what is it? Uh, football outsiders and, I'm just yeah. kind of waiting to get closer to the season to to actually sit down and look at them and figure out which one I prefer. But like last year, like I had had like the book for Football Outsiders, which I had fucking shit ton of knowledge in there. Oh and yeah, analysis. And 
it's just just kind of looking at like how for me i was just you know looking at like how the teams were performing and then consider injuries like and it was two te- two picks wrong in the playoffs it was i picked the bucks to lose to washington uh and, and i picked uh the bills to beat kansas city because or it was yeah the bills to beat kansas city because of the mahomes and uh toe injury yeah and we and i remember the washington thing we were talking about you know, how do you stop Brady? You get pressure on him. You know, that's what the Giants yeah. did those couple of times. And, and it looked like it, that could be his Achilles. And it, it didn't end up happening this time around. But, yeah, no, I, I remember that. Uh, well, let me know what you end up doing because I did get a subscription to Pro Football Focus. Uh, it was a gift from my family. And uh, so I'll be using that this year just to get myself some additional uh, information if you go football outsiders again, it'd be cool to kind of compare and figure out which one, mm-hmm. you know, which one's giving you more of this or more of that. So we can kind of figure out what we like and don't like about them. But, uh, but if you go PFF too, well then it's just going to be us sharing the same info as we go head to head. So, yeah. So I'll, I think we, we had talked about it. I think I was going to do, I think we had, it's actually now talk, talking about it. I think we did decide that I was, I was going to do the, Football Outsiders, because you did PFF. I remember that conversation now. Well, you could just do both, you know, and then just just try and bury me and win both the bets this year. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know I I don't know if that's worth it to do do both of them. Well, yeah, I mean, it just you know, then you're really getting buried in information, you know. Yeah. I mean, I I love reading about football, but at some point it's like there's only so much you can read about. So, and some of these stats, man, they're like some of the things that they measure are just so complicated now that it's hard to understand. Like, whoa, what does that even mean? And like, they're, they've got to have like these crazy abbreviations, like, Oh, the DVOA and this and that. And it's like, Holy shit, man. Like I just, you know, give me yards after contact and, you know, attempts and, you know, like I, I'm still living in a very simple world with the stats, man. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. So I, I found the spreadsheet and it was just those two, it was those two games. It was the bills and the bucks Washington game. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And I, I don't even, I, I knew right off the bat the first week I was already out, so it didn't even matter. And so I just was like throwing darts from there just hoping I'd get like some crazy run of luck to get me back in. But yeah, the damage was done early for me. And you yeah, were right and I, you were right there like, in the regular season. It was just all the way, like finally at the end, you know, like I think he had one bad week, like a couple weeks before the end. And then, and I think then you were doing it. You were kind of taking some big guesses at that point, trying to catch up and it just, it didn't happen. Yeah, I, I had that one bad week and then, and then it was just like I just had to throw whatever at the wall and try to yeah. try to come up with what you weren't going to pick. Yeah, yeah, and, and just hoping that yeah, it just and you know for me, I mean, it was just the whole year was slow and steady. Try to trust the model, and it did seem like earlier on in the year, every time I went against the model, I was wrong, and it was just like, geez, man, I just need to stick to it. Uh, but I was calling it wrong at different times because there were times when I was like, I'm, I'm thinking about flipping and then it, and then the model was wrong. And so it just, you know, it's, that's the, that's the joy of football is that, you know, you don't know until they get out there. It's the whole any given Sunday thing, you know? 
like the yeah, fucking exactly. Raiders beating the Chiefs. Yeah, that one. I couldn't be, couldn't believe that that fucking game. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, yeah, you know, like just kind of looking back. I think the off season, you know, when we were we were going into it, we thought, man, this is where it could get tricky because every week having games to watch and games to pick and talk about and kind of recap, you know, that that kept things on track where every week it was like very systematic. And then the off season hit and it was like, okay, you know, it's kind of like the the big blue ocean. We just got to figure out what we're going to do every week because it's not decided anymore. And, you know, some weeks we we struggled coming up with topics and it came down to the wire. And then other weeks it seemed like uh, we did a good job kind of picking them and, you know, picking them timely, like stuff going into free agency and stuff going into the draft and, you know, doing super early team predictions just to kind of squeeze stuff in somewhere in between there. Uh, but now that we got a full year under the belt, it's going to make it, I think, a lot easier, you know, keeping it going forward because now we can look back and see what we did. And did we like those topics at those particular times or do we want to change it up next time around? And so we definitely uh, we've got more experience now to hopefully help us make it better the second time around. Yeah. And probably go with start, start our fantasy football analysis. Yeah. That's got to be coming up soon. And I, I was actually, I was just like flipping through the YouTube videos the other day and it's uh, man, it's, it's cool scrolling down because it's like, wow, we really got all these videos in here. And I was like, I want to go back to the start and figure out, you know, what were these ones that we did, for the remainder of the summer. I know that we did a, you know, our review of the NFL top 100 list. I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, we did our top 10 list for fantasy football. We did our top 10 list just in general. They not necessarily fantasy wise, just who we think are the top 10 receivers or this or that. And, uh, you know, that was, that was cool. And, um, yeah, I mean, before you know it, week one will be here, man. Yeah. I knew. But I, wasn't it like our first one? Didn't we like just do like a deep dive into like all the moves the Lions made in the off season? Oh, I, I know that that was one of them. Yeah, we were picking them apart a little bit, and yeah. Oh man, yeah. I in fact here I want to I want to go. Back. I'm going to pull up YouTube right now while we're talking about it. Let's go and peruse the library because we got 51 videos in there. Yeah, I mean, I and I will say this: YouTube, it's been pretty awesome youtube makes this like super easy for anybody who's thinking about doing stuff like this now the challenge is getting your views you know like we've had some videos uh you know get 40 plus views some of them only get a dozen you know and, and every week it's kind of wildly different but you know it's and i think for us now it's a little bit tricky because it's not all on youtube we've got it on the wordpress site we've got it on facebook uh we've got it on these podcasts and so, you know, it's like collectively, it's hard to track all that. Get some interference there. Um, all right. Yeah. So it looks like, um, yeah, we did a mid-July fantasy football rundown. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, or we did the Lions off 
season. Yeah. yeah you, you, picking up all that inter- you picking up all that interference, too? I'm not picking up interference. Like, like you just got, like, super quiet for a second there. Like, I, I could see you talking, and I was like, oh, I, got I can't you. hear you. It, yeah, it seemed like there was a, uh, like, an airplane blasting out our sound there from my end. But, no, it's it's better now. I can hear a little bit in the background. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm looking at the video, man. I remember this. When we did the Lions off-season review, I wore my Green Bay Packers shareholder shirt because I was just like, the Lions, man. I was so down on the Lions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, hey, Matt Patricia, man. He just pissed me off, dude. His first year was so fucking pathetic. And I was I, I was rooting for that guy, man. I wanted him to be good. And, you know, I, it just, I knew, I knew in week one, when he was hired that first week when the team was like trying to do their little coup d'etat about, you know, he's working us too hard and this and that. I was just like, right off the bat, it's not going to work, man. And, and it was a disaster the whole way through. Yeah, fucking Matt Patricia. Yeah, but we don't need to go back to that. Unless we, hey, we could do that again. Our fourth week of this next time around, we'll do Lions bashing season. Of course, this time I'm, I'm more optimistic about the Lions. I'm more optimistic about their draft and how they built in the trenches. And, you know, I like the coach that's, he's just this in your face, fucking full of energy and intensity guy. But he went out and he brought in a ton of these like seasoned coaches to be coordinators and position coaches. And it's just like that stuff I can get behind. And I have no mm-hmm. expectation that they're going to win a bunch of games this year because we know the roster's fucking messed up, you know? So. Yeah, like, what's his face? Uh, Anthony Lynn, like, he's like, yeah, I was going to I was going to take a year off and just 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 relax. And and then Campbell called me. So I was like, OK, I'll coach for you. I saw that, man. That was cool. And it goes to show you what kind of respect Campbell has in the league and not necessarily just with players, but with coaches, you know, I mean, that's, I don't know. I, I like that dude. That says something about this guy, I think. Yeah. Cause I think, uh, Campbell played for Anthony Lynn in one of the previous stops. I forget where. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When he was a tight end. Yeah. I guess I'd, I'd have to go back. You know, I wonder if Anthony Lynn was on that saints team or, uh, no, I don't think it was the saints. It was another, no. I, I remember I Campbell look. was on the lions for a little while. Yeah, he was he was on the Lions for a little while, and then uh, let me look this up. Because if I see it, I might remember it. Yeah. Uh, let me see where did he play. Thank That's not the right Matt Campbell. Dan Campbell. Yeah, that's that would be why why I have the issue. <laughs> Why did I think it was Matt? Uh, I don't know. Maybe there is a Matt Campbell. There probably is. Sounds there like was a Matt Campbell. That's an that that was a football coach. It happens to be from from. I think he said he was from Michigan too. No kidding. Oh, oh no, he was from uh, he was from Ohio. Ohio. Oh, yeah. Weren't you? Wasn't there a college guy that? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah I, that was that, that was Iowa State. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. 
That's that's why I think it was with the Cowboys. Anthony Lynn was coach of the Cowboys when Campbell was there. Okay. Hey man, it's good. He's got a good network, I think, and that bodes well for long term turning this team around because I think the big thing for them is everybody's expecting a four or a five win season. That's all I'm seeing. I don't I don't see anybody having them over five wins. And you know, we were talking about this. If you get strong in the trenches, that can fix a lot of problems elsewhere on the team. And let's just say they get to seven wins, okay? That might be a crazy stupid amount of wins for me to be throwing out there. And I'm not predicting that they're going to get seven wins. I had them lower. I had them at like, I don't know, three or four, I don't know, maybe five. I had them really low. But um, let's just say they got to seven, you know? I think if they got to seven, people would be genuinely excited to see what year two with this regime is going to look like because it's that's seven's already way above expectation. And so, you know, and, and then the other side of it is let's just say they only win three games. I think everybody's going to say, well, yeah, because the fucking whole thing's upside down and it's got, it's going to be about year two anyhow is where you're really going to get to judge them. And so, you know, I, I think, I think this first year, uh, unless it's a, fucking train wreck you know it should be okay no matter what happens yeah it should be okay but ah, there we go i was able to get my food order nice nice so it 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 should be okay like i think i had them fairly higher than you i think i was i was a little bit more optimistic about them for some reason because you're a Lions fan, and you wanna you wanna believe the best. See, I had them at uh five and twelve, so I didn't yeah, have them that far off. You're right on target. That's no biggie. Yeah, uh, them them, and then I had I had NFC East is like fucking worst. Have them as like the worst division again. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, you had you had way. Uh... Whoa. Yeah, not a team over 500. Yeah, that's that's pretty wild. All right, so I'm trying to find my spreadsheet. See, the thing is, for me, I moved some of my stuff to my cloud account. And so when we're talking, I don't always have the ability just to pop it up and, and reference it as easily. Yeah, let's see. I had the Lions. If I'm looking at my most updated one. I had the Lions at three and fourteen, man, and I, you know, I, I'm 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 sticking with that for now. I know that when we get closer to the season, we're probably going to do uh, like a final update on this, like we did last year, because that's when we'll be able to see how do some of these guys look in preseason and some things like that. That you know, some people say none of that shit matters, but I think you can still kind of glean a thing or two out of it. And, you know, then we'll come up with our final predictions. Uh, what was their final record last year again? Was it like 3-13? and 13? I should know this. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was like, why am I drawing a blank on it? Like, I know they were 5-11 and 11 last year. 5-11, and 11. yeah. So, because I, I, just, I just popped up 
what I had them predicted at this year. Man, so, one and seven year, on the road. Yeah, last year I thought they would go ten and six, and they went five and eleven. Yeah. So this year I have them going five and twelve. So they're probably going to go zero and seventeen. Oh, jeez. Uh, no, two. You cut, cut it in half. So two and a half, they'll win three games, which is mine, three and fourteen. So there you go. Oh, I was saying I was I was five five wins off. Oh, oh yeah, going <laughs> going off of that, I was thinking cut it in half. No, you're like yeah, no, take five off. It's zero and seventeen. I got you. First zero and seventeen team potentially. I mean that's that's where it's a disaster for Dan Campbell. If they went zero and seventeen, it's like okay. This just isn't working. Yeah, you know, I don't think that would be a disaster. Is how drastically they just like ship players off and like, like I mean, who's our number one receiver this year? Tyrell Williams. Yeah, exactly my point. Yeah, I would. So man, I would like it if they. All right, I don't know. All right, so here, here, hear me out here. Hear me out here. And maybe I'm just being stupid, but, you know, drinking just a little bit of Kool-Aid. Quintez Cephas, I think he has some potential, man. I don't know if he's going to step in and be a number one, uh, but I think he, you know, he's going to have some stats. I think he's going to be a key contributor out of that wide receiver group. Uh, Tyrell Williams, you know, we've seen that he has potential. Uh, This last year in Oakland, he was hurt, and it just didn't happen for him. And even before that, he's always been kind of streaky with, you know, just sometimes he's good, sometimes he's not good. Rashad Perriman, he's been mostly not good. He had, like, that crazy run at the end of the year, the other year with uh, Jameis Winston. But other than that, he's done almost nothing. And so I can't really count on him. I think Cephas ends up being uh, a contributor. And honestly, I think that guy out of USC that we drafted is actually going to have decent stats for a rookie. I'm not saying Justin Jefferson stats by any means, maybe not even half that. But I think as a rookie coming in to a team that's really struggling, you know, if he had 600 700 yards, I think that'd be a good season for him as a rookie. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Like, I, I'm things that excite me about the Lions is I think, I think Goff is kind of like, he's had those kind of guys that haven't had really done anything, a wide receiver and made him some like, like, uh, what's his face? Uh, Cooper cup and dude, I love Cooper cup and, and Bob Woods. And yeah, I like Woods too, man. Players like that, like like they were relative nobodies until golf started lighting it up. So I mean, it could it could be okay, but I just I don't see I don't see that much hope for that offense. I could see Cephas being his version of Cooper Cup, maybe not as good as Cooper Cup, but I could see him being a version of that uh, if they decided to run some of those same type of elements in this offense. I don't know if they will. Uh, you know, and I, I honestly, I could see the dude from USC being a little bit of the woods kind of guy in that offense, but I don't, I don't know that we're going to run a McVay style offense. You know, I think we're yeah. going to put a lot of emphasis on the running game and, and that's, that's fine with me because I like Jamal Williams a lot. And I think that they should, 
Like, here we go. We were talking earlier about Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, you know, and, and how could you really split that workload out and not give Josh Jacobs a ton of carries and whatnot? If I'm the Lions, you know, we saw some potential out of DeAndre Swift, but we didn't see him grab the bull by the horns by any means. And I would be totally comfortable with them having a, a pretty close to 50-50 split between him and Jamal Williams because I think Jamal Williams is that good that mm-hmm. he could be a solid contributor if you give him the carries. Yeah, plus last year Swift Swift struggled a little bit with injuries too. So, I mean, that's that's more – I think you also have that insurance policy. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, no, I, I, I like – I like that combo of backs, man. And if Swift steps up, then it's a win-win. But Jamal Williams, you know, he always showed the right stuff in Green Bay. He just didn't have the opportunity. So, Wasn't he in in Kansas City, too? uh, No, I think he's been Green Bay only at this point because he's still pretty young in his career. But he, um, you know, he got hurt one year. And that's when Aaron Jones kind of emerged. And then he, he just was never in the mix after that. Uh, but, you know, like he he can catch the ball, man, out of the backfield. You know, he can do a little bit of everything that you need him to do. He can run it well. He can receive. And I don't know. I just I, I, I like the guy, man. I like him a lot. I think that was a good free agent pickup for us. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm thinking of uh, Damian Williams. Hmm. Gotcha. And then there's Williams there. Um, oh, I think I just lost you. I, there's, I was saying there's another Williams there. It's their Super Bowl year. Oh, um, yeah, I, I'd have to go back. I'm, I'm trying to think. Yeah, we don't need to go back and dig that up. Unless you want to. Well, it's going to bug me, so... All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because yeah, it was Damien... Oh, you're talking about Daryl? Wasn't it two Ds, Daryl and Damien? It might have been. You might be right. Let's see, where's their roster? Roster, final roster. Okay, so apparently, yeah, Daryl. Daryl Williams and Damien Williams, and that that's where I was thinking when talking about Jamal Williams. I got you. Yeah, see, Jamal Williams, if I got it right, just off the top of my head, him and Aaron Jones were drafted at the same time, you know, different rounds, obviously, and they were, they, you know, they were like, you know, not like early round picks, or maybe one of them was early and one of them was a little bit later, but... Um, basically their first like year or two, like neither one of them like really stepped up and like showed that they were the guy. And so like the coaches kind of just kept going back and forth between the two of them. And then it looked like Jamal Williams was finally like starting to get the edge and he got hurt. And that's when Aaron Jones just like took off and never looked back. And then they, they started sprinkling Jamal Williams in more again, especially in like receiving situations. Uh, but it was, you know, it was like at that point, pretty obvious that Aaron Jones had like the death grip on that starting job. Yeah, it was, uh, he, it was an illegal hit. 
He got had a concussion that knocked him out. Gotcha, gotcha. But I mean, he only missed two games. Yeah, and I, I think that was it. Aaron Jones was like, "See ya, my time uh, now." Two years ago, three years ago, 2019. Okay. Yeah, but I, 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 I do. Looking at it, I remember, remember that now because it was. No, I did. What's what's his face? No, you just said his name, and I just lost it. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. Thank you. Like I was like, <laughs> why can't I remember his damn name? You just said it. Um, but because Aaron Jones was was a relative unknown too. So so Jamal Williams was drafted in the fourth round, and Aaron Jones. I think I think Aaron Jones was later. Might have been. Than that. Yeah, fifth round. Yeah. Nice. And both those guys worked out pretty well, I'd say. And that's that's the tricky part about running backs, man. When you know you can find these guys later like that. Mm-hmm. You know, build your trenches, build your other key components of whatever your scheme is and you know how you want to do things, and then get your running back because that's like the cherry on top. Or and honestly, make your tight end your last freaking pick, you know, that's like your real luxury pick, you know, but yeah. unless you got a guy like Kyle Pitts staring in you in the face, then, then maybe you got to make a, a tough decision. But, you know, a lot of these other positions, man, I, in my opinion, they're, they're harder to find, harder to hit on. And so they're higher priority to me. Yeah. Like, I don't think you really draft a running back in the first round because as soon as you draft him in the first round, he's already a top 10 paid running back in the league. Yeah, that's the challenge. Yeah, I mean, unless it's it's a stud like um, Najee Harris. Yeah, I I think thought he was a first round pick, but I didn't think he should have gone to Pitt, to Pittsburgh. And or um, who's the other one? The guy who's picked for Etienne. Yeah, with Jacksonville. Yep. Yeah, like th- those are, like they'll be good running backs in the league, but like there's another one. Jacksonville shouldn't have drafted a running back this year. No, they had no reason to. It was a that that was like the pure like definition of a luxury pick. Yeah, you know? especially with uh, how what's his face played uh, Robinson. Robinson, man, yeah, he did great last year for an undrafted guy, man. Yeah, so like I mean, what was? Let me find the stats real quick. Looking for the coach. As uh, of course this. First name is not John. It's Josh, isn't it? What is his first name? James Robinson. Is it James? I think. I so. knew it was a J. Oh boy, let me let me look now because now I'm freaking out. Yeah, James Robinson. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean he had a thousand yards in fourteen games last year. Yeah, yeah, he he earned it. I don't know why they're messing with him. He earned it. Yeah, so I mean, that's the epitome of a terrible pick. Is yeah, but going there. But they're talking about this guy playing wide receiver, and so you know Etienne or however you say his name, you know, and so it's like okay, you know, like that's weird that you would draft a guy that's a college running back and immediately convert him to wide receiver. Like ah, I don't know. There's there's something funky going on in Jacksonville, man. Yeah, especially with a first round pick. Like, yeah, I mean. 
you don't draft a guy in the first round and, and convert him. No, that's foolish. Yeah, do it do it with a late pick because it's a flyer at that point. And maybe you find a guy that was like a tweener between positions or something, and you're like, yeah, we're going to try here because I think you might be able to pull it off. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Or, or like you convert, convert, convert Tim Tebow from quarterback to tight end. Yeah, 12 years too late or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, I we got a little off topic there. Yeah, but that's you know tonight it's the free flow, so whatever we want it to be. Um. All right. Well, yeah, man. You know that I kind of hit all my bullet points. What else? Uh, what else? How did you feel about this last year? What are we missing here? I think I, the thing about this last year is I thought all the with the Lions being as shitty as they were is kind of is kind of cathartic having like a weekly bitch session about the lions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We did. We did bitch about them a lot, man. We, and uh, it hard not to hard not to. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I think, I think we started, well, before the season we were, we were questioning why Patricia was retained. And then all yep. season we were like, okay, is it going to be this week? He's fired. Is it going to be this week? He's fired. Come on. Fucking fire his ass. Yeah. They waited so long. It was so bad, man. It was so bad. All right. So, I mean, let me ask you, are you going to be back in the Rams now that they got Stafford? No. All right. <laughs> I mean, I figure, hey, you know, they're in your backyard. You know, you kind of, you got a, a Lions connection now. Maybe it, you know, maybe you take some time and you're like, okay, I'm going to support this action. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to, I'm considering backing the Chargers. Yeah, that's that's a bolder move, given yes. where their roster's at. But I also like it because, I mean, we talked about it. Rookie head coach. We talked about it last week. Rookie head coach makes it unpredictable. Herbert, rising star. They have talent at every layer on each side of the ball. You know, like you were pointing out, though, there's no depth. So if one guy gets hurt, it puts him in a bad spot. But yeah. if they could stay healthy... I think they got a shot of doing something, man. Yeah, I think they do. Plus, plus it's like I can't back the Rams considering it's just it'd be like jumping on the bandwagon for them. I yeah. I told you a number of weeks ago I thought they were going to win the Super Bowl this year. So yeah. I'm just jumping right on the bandwagon before the bandwagon starts. I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. No, for me, I don't know, dude. I, it, it's – just because it's Stafford, I'm like, no, I got to see it. And I do think he landed in a great spot because that team has a rock-solid defense and they have weapons on offense and they have one of the best offensive-minded coaches basically telling him, this is what we're going to do. If you follow what I'm telling you, you're going to be a freaking all-star, you know? Mm -hmm. So Exactly. So I – I mean, that's. I was looking at one prediction or one rankings, and it had three of the four NFC West teams making the playoffs this year. I could totally see it, dude. I could totally I, see it. I think the one that was left out was um, Arizona. Yeah. But they also that same person also had. Cliff Kingsbury is like the 10th worst coach in the NFL. 
I mean, you know, he does get a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. I, this this is going to be a big year for Arizona. Yeah, I mean, it's he gets a lot of shit because like he never really was a winner as a as a coach. Like he got fired yeah. from his from his college job because he wasn't winning. Uh, was it A and M or Texas A and M? That's where it was. Yeah, he was at Texas A and M, and he was fired because he didn't win. And then he had signed to be the offensive coordinator for USC, and then was offered the. Uh, yeah, it's that is a strange path, but you know, he got Kyler Murray, and. I mean, they, they got potential. They do have potential. Yeah, they do. They do have potential. It's, it's just, I can't believe that they, like, just their path is just weird. <laughs> like, they they saw, they drafted, uh, what's his name, Rosen, and they're like, oh, no, you're not the answer. We, we, we fucked up with, uh, Who's who's the coach before then? Whoever the coach was, we fucked up by hiring him. We oh, Wizenhunt. Or no, no, no. no, no. no. Wizenhunt was out, and they hired. Um, it was a one and done defensive coordinator that they hired as head coach. Who the heck was it, man? I liked that guy too, and I I thought he got such a raw end of the deal. Um, yeah, Wizenhunt. Wizard Hunt was a while ago. Yeah, that was yeah, that was before. Um, it was. All right, here we go. I'm looking up the uh, the list of coaches. Let's see how organized this is. Um, do 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 do. Steve Wilkes. Yeah, Wilkes, because it was. Yeah, yeah, Wizard Wizard Hunt was was before Bruce Arians. Man, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Uh, Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, uh, Wizard Hunt was a long time ago. Hey, man, it's getting late in the night here. You know, my brain's not working right. I think I've been pretty good tonight for the most part. Yeah, so what I was going for was Kingsbury was 35 and 40 at Texas A&M. Yeah, and so what is he right now? He is uh, 13, 13 18, and 18. Yeah, 13, 18, and 1. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a big year for him. You know, he's got to do something now or he's going to be in trouble. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just I, that signing him as their head coach, did not make sense. Like, I understand why they got rid of Wilkes, because, like, they kind of really fucked up. I mean, he it wasn't like he took... Well, no, because the 17 Rams were were still pretty good. Ar- it wasn't Arians... Well, they were 8-8, eight and eight, so not bad. Okay, so they were 500-500, like, the last the couple years before... Yeah. Before... Arians stepped away or retired or whatever he did. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, all right. What else do you want to hit on, man? Or should I move it to question of the week? I think th- I think that's about it I had for hitting on. I, I have a second question of the week. Oh, you do? Okay, After, well, that's good. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's juice it up. Uh, so mine, I figured going with the, uh, the first year recap kind of theme, uh, I thought I would just ask, do you think we'll be able to keep it going for another year? And, um, you know, maybe, maybe that's not the perfect way of asking it, but, uh, you know, I was looking at some of the variables, you know, like this past year, we literally didn't miss a week. We just changed the day, but we found a way to make it work every week. And it just seems like it's going to be more difficult to do that again as we're coming out of the pandemic. And I think life's going to get busier, you know, um, you know, I'm sure people are you or us or whoever going to go on vacation or get sick uh, or I mean, that's the crazy thing, you know, like because everybody was staying home. It's like I didn't get freaking sick one time this whole past year. That's like amazing for me. Uh, but for you, you're going to have a couple kids on the way here, man. Like that's, I think, a big variable that we're going to just have to see how it plays out. And um, I thought about it. So maybe, maybe the question of the week is not, will we get through another year? It's, will we get through another year without missing a week? I think that's probably the better question. And I thought about it. And I thought, I think we'll do another year, but somewhere in there, I think we're going to miss a week because something's going to happen. You know, one of us is going to get sick and I, and like, I mean, you know, when I get sick, I get like deathly ill. And so it'd be hard for me to like power through and do the show. And so I thought maybe we got to do like a dummy show that we just keep on standby. That's not like time sensitive. You know, we do like our, you know, like our 10 favorite quarterbacks of all time or something. And so it's like, if something comes up, we could just like sneak it in there that it was like pre-recorded and we're like, ha, we still didn't miss a week, you know? So I don't know. We'll have to do something sneaky, man. But I don't, you know, what do you think? I think it's probably, especially with shit going on, like it's almost definite that we'll, we'll miss a week for one reason or another in this next year. Like, I mean, vacations, like, like before the pandemic hit, we were we were supposed to go on like a two week vacation to like Australia and New Zealand, and like uh, yeah, that would mess it up, yeah. And <laughs> and like we we were we scheduled it, and then like that was canceled, and then like not realizing that like you know shit was still going to be gone, we rescheduled it for like October, and obviously that was canceled. So yep. we still have we were like. We and then in the next, I think we have like a year still because it was it was a it was mostly a cruise. It was like a twelve day cruise or something like that. Okay. So we we have the future cruise credit that we're gonna have to use, which we got like twenty five percent extra. Like we have like six thousand dollars now we can spend on a cruise. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. We just so have to use it by like I think it's September of next year or something like that. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to have to do some dummy shows. And, um, yeah, you know, instead of playing Tiger some of these nights after we get done, we'll just, like, I'll, I'll change my shirt and we'll jump into a new session, you know, and then we'll just, like, tuck it away for when we need it. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, that'd be, that'd be funny. You know, I'll put a tie on. So I'm like, I'm really changing my shirt. Like, Oh yeah. You know, like, uh, no, I, I'm not wearing a tie. No way, man. No, no way. I, I don't wear a tie for work. I'm not going to wear a tie for, no, I don't, I don't wear a tie for work either. I mean, you know, if I had to, I would, and on rare yeah. occasions I have to, but, uh, I can't do it, man. I get like ingrown hairs and stuff. That's it's uncomfortable. Uh, but all right. What was your, uh, what was your bonus question of the week? Okay. So, not a little bit off topic, and it's not NFL, but the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup this this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Since Tom Brady's been a Tampa Bay, uh, played for the Bucks, the Lightning won the Cup, the Tampa Bay Rays went to the World Series, the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, and then the Lightning won the Cup. So I was I, I thought about that, and I was curious about it. And is there any bigger good luck charm for a sports city than Tom Brady? Since he won the Super Bowl, his first Super Bowl in 2002, are you ready for this? Let's hear it. Only seven, I think it was only seven, it was six or seven years that a team from whatever city he play, he was playing in, Boston or or now Tampa Bay, it was like five or six or seven years of that entire span where a team didn't either win a championship or play in the final series of their sport. Yeah, yeah, like a Boston team, and now we're like a Tampa Bay area team or whatever. Um, and then, but, 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 wait, but you go back a little bit further. While he was quarterback at Michigan. Oh, no. Was during the back-to-back, Stanley Cup champions for the Red Wings. No shit. So we even go got a piece a, of that action. You go back a little bit further. <laughs> and he was born during the San Francisco, like, big-time Super Bowl run. The Joe Montana or the Steve Young? But it was Montana. Okay. So he was born in 81. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's got to be Montana, yeah. Yeah, so so it was Montana. So, like, San Francisco sucked, and then he was born, and then all of a sudden San Francisco starts winning the Super Bowl. And he was born in the San Francisco area. So, basically, everywhere he goes, as soon as he gets dude, there, dude, they start winning. You're freaking me out, man. You're freaking – where did you even find out about this? It was on some random sports talk show – Somebody asked, like, I just heard, like, the last little bit of it, like, in my yeah. car, like, I turned it on, and it was, like, it was, like, you know, they were asking, because of Tampa Bay winning the cup, they were asking if there was any, it was, it was some random comment about Tampa Bay won the cup because of Tom Brady. <laughs> and then I heard a little snippet, and it's like, and I thought about it, and I was, like, wait, so, so the Rays were, okay, and then, so I just started looking into it, and it's, like, He's all these teams like like the Red Wings when they won won the cup in in the nineties like that was like a forty five year Stanley Cup drought yeah until he got to Michigan that's jacked up man so yeah he's hey he's got the magic he's got the juice 
Uh, but any bigger good luck charm in sports? Oh, I, I don't I don't think there could possibly be based off of what you're telling me, you know, unless there's like some freak guy out there that nobody's heard of that's been like moving around all these cities secretly. Definitely not, you know, not public like that, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's just phenomenal, dude. It's phenomenal. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting one. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, all right. So for anybody who's still watching, you got two questions of the week. Uh, we'd love to hear your opinion on what's going on. So kind of like name that stadium. Hit us up in the comments section. Let us know what you think. Uh, James, so we do I was wrong have... about this birthday. It was 77, but. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so we have to uh, come up with a topic for next week. Uh, we don't have to do it tonight, but, you know, just plant the seed to get those juices flowing. And, um, yeah, man, I think that's uh, it's been a it's been a kick ass first year. You know, I was thinking about it. It'd be cool if we could get like some video clips or something to come in and spice it up. But it all goes back to like the editing and all that time. And then there's you know, video rights and things like that, that we got to worry about. And so, I mean, I like doing what we're doing, but you know, maybe eventually we'll find another way to spice it up a little bit, you know? Yeah. All right. So any final thoughts for tonight? Nope. I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, Hey, so anybody who's watching, thank you. We appreciate the support. Uh, You know, hit us up with that thumbs up. Let us know you're liking what you're seeing. Uh, or if you don't like it, you know, hit us up with some comments and tell us what's up. Uh, but if you really like the show, hit the subscribe button. And uh, James, like always, man, it was awesome. It's been a great first year, and I will catch you later. All right, sounds good. All right, see ya. Gridiron Grinder, hut, hut, hike.